0: Hi, I'm Dario, your podcast host, and you are listening to the 100th episode of the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It's not just any other episode it's the 100th episode of the broadcast i'm super excited to have a full room of enthusiastic zoom guests here (laughs) and i'm i I want to introduce you to all of them starting with my wonderful producer and co-host randy uh on the other side of munich um and um cool to have you back on air Uh, yeah it's been a while Great uh, to be
1: here. Thank you for inviting me <laughs> to the 100th episode. Can't yeah. believe it.
0: And um, next up, uh, a colleague from the Prague space who is actually helping me a lot with the with the lists, with the releases that also helps us uh, putting together the Friday top five that uh, Randy has started establishing a couple of weeks back, and he's also the drummer in the band Ash Breather, and uh, int- uh, yeah. Released the debut album with his band Ash Breather this year from Canada. Is uh, calling Colin McAndrew. Hello, <laughs> first time on the broadcast. Uh, great to have you here. Um, moving, yes, on, very <laughs> moving on, moving uh, on. Seeing uh, to my left, right. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> um, calling from, from I don't I don't actually know from the UK or from Russia. Uh, from the UK, uh, it's Mariana from I Am The Morning. It's uh, it's her first time on the broadcast. Um, then we have...
2: Th- Congratulations on having me.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well said. <laughs> um, in the middle we have from Norway, uh, returning guest Agnete. She's probably the most uh, featured... Uh, person on the broadcast accidentally. Um we had her on the very first episode and on the uh twentieth episode when when you wow, went to yeah. Munich, right?
3: Yeah.
0: I'm a veteran. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Um I I totally forgot to mention the 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 releases Mariana had this year that was uh at the very beginning of this year in in in, in January. Um Right? Your, your solo album...
2: But yeah, I, it, just, it feels like another life, so...
0: <laughs> your debut solo album, Sleepwalking, and just um, a week ago, more or less, the new I Am The Morning EP, Counting The Ghosts, dropped. And Agnete also had uh, releases this year, uh, not with her main band, Madame Martin, though. That was last year, the, the last... Uh, Matter Mortem release was Mercury, the 20th anniversary edi- uh, edition, yeah. And this year you were singing on the Fleetburner, self titled Fleet Burner debut, yes. which was really cool. And also uh, the last Autumn Tears album, uh, yep. The Air Below the Water, that was released in January, if I uh, did my homework correctly. Yeah, um, you did. <laughs> <laughs> We have another returning guest on the broadcast, uh, Ross Jennings from Haken and Novena. Hello. Uh, also with both bands, he had uh, uh, releases this year, mm. right?
4: 11th hour, the debut full length. Well, that way, 11th hour, uh, yeah. was released in March, and then in July, virus. The yellow Dur- one. During a virus, which was... <laughs> super not, not ironic at
5: all <laughs> I'm sure you guys knew about it you had some inside information none of yeah, us just knew about it It's a big marketing campaign yeah yeah. it was just a marketing <laughs> campaign the entire COVID-19 it's just marketing 100%
0: shut up Simon it's not your time yet <laughs> <laughs> first, first I want to introduce Andy Andy Robertson from ELO or ILO whatever you want to say uh, also first time on the broadcast and um, yeah, now, Simon from Archentype from Norway. Hello, you just released a single this year. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Arbitus call, but um yeah, we, we might talk about an album uh uh later or soon, hopefully, yeah, yeah. uh f- last but not least i'm I'm super happy to uh introduce that Joe Payne to you all. Um, I have to thank, actually, Rowan Estalt from The Flower Kings for uh, getting to my attention that you released your debut solo album in August this year uh, called By Name, By Nature. And uh, I have to admit, I've been listening almost non-stop the last weeks. Uh, So (laughs) great to have you on the show, Joe.
6: Thank you for having me and thank you for
0: the very uh, flattering words. (laughs) So, yeah, what what a crazy, crazy and uh, eventful year, even though probably most of it was spent home by most of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, 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 apart from album and EP and single releases, there was um, something else going on, or a lot going on in the music world, um, despite... N- being deprived of actual live concerts, um, there has been a lot of live streams, of course. So that would be our first topic I want to talk about, and um, starting off with Mariana actually, because <laughs> yeah, I know, I knew you were you, you were gonna be surprised um, because I seem to remember uh, way before this thing started uh, this. Covid thing. Um, you did some live streams. I remember you did an amazing concert from 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 uh, Russia, from a concert hall. You streamed it live, and um, so you were you were doing it before it was cool.
2: <laughs> That's right. Um, well, because we were always located in Russia, we were kind of isolated from everybody. Because um, uh, it's not that easy to get out of the country or get anybody in the country, so we had to resort to live streams to, well, show our audience in Europe and like just other countries how it can sound if it's back where we're based. Um, um, so yeah, I uh, I actually miss doing that because. Uh, Me and Gleb are now in different countries, so we can't get in one spot to have live streams. And I don't really have a proper setup yet for recording because I just moved. Um, So it's been a while since we did those. Um, uh, But it's it's always such a great experience. And I do those uh, on my Patreon each month, uh, which is also really, really nice. It's always like lo-fi and unplugged but it builds up this very special connection with like audience and with people. And I think it's, well, it's better than nothing, but it's also kind of, it has a charm in its own, you know?
0: Yeah. And uh, you, you are, um, putting out also a lot of small little videos that you recorded at home for your Patreons first, and then maybe the ones who are not, uh, um, supporting you through Patreon yet get to see it also at a later point, right?
2: Well, yeah, I I always find it very interesting to play other people's songs because I play a lot of covers because it kind of teaches me a lot of things that I wouldn't do myself, like different, you know, the ways of building a melody or stuff like that. So I, I kind of see it as a form of education for myself, but also I kind of try to kind of practice my guitar skills, which aren't really great. Um, uh, so it's 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 very rewarding because I don't think much about myself and my playing, but other people might because, like my Patreon seem to enjoy it, and it's always very sweet and it kind of gives you confidence to just keep doing it.
0: Yeah, tying in with the with the Patreon um, approach, I think uh, Joe can tell us all, also a little bit. Uh, I think you did some uh patreon exclusive live streams this year is that correct
6: yeah yeah um yeah i think i think we're both doing very similar things actually because uh it's it's uh seem- seems to now be the thing that is making what i do sustainable um which is all any of us really want isn't it we, we just we just want to know that we're safe to do what we're doing and and not feel threatened by just the fear of um going into horrible debts and having to get a a real job so (laughs) so um so so yeah so i've i've been making quite a lot of my content exclusive um especially when it comes to live streaming um something that i was always doing anyway was live streaming pretty well absolutely every gig i was doing to patrons um depending on what tier level they were at um but then with the lockdown, I just thought, you know what? People don't even have the option now to come to a show. So I'm just going to start doing these live streams. Um, as long as we're locked down, as long as it's impossible for people to come to a show, everyone's going to be allowed to uh, watch these live streams at any level. Um, and I just I just thought that was going to be the best way to bring everyone together. And it's just it's lovely seeing like the discussions that take place, and I join in with those. During during the shows and like between each song, like answer questions or join in the banter or whatever. Um, so so yeah, so so I, I've 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 really enjoyed doing them because one of the things, um, as was said before, like you if you if if you wanna if you wanna keep it interesting, you've got to start doing something different for every show because it's not like a tour where you can play the exact same show in a bunch of different venues um, and just work on that one set like every time you do a live stream you kind of have to be able to offer something new with it because um, it's already happened it already existed it, like anyone from anywhere could have accessed it so what's new about the next thing so so I've, I've been doing a lot of stuff with covers as well um and you know it's taught me a lot too uh, about about songwriting um and I, I i've it's given me a lot of Great new ideas. Uh, so I'm kind of magpieing now of other
0: people's songs. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. Um, a little bit different approach we had with uh, the Mattermortem Mortem live stream. That yeah. was, let me check, uh, that was in, in May, right? End of May. Yes. And we we were happy and uh, proud to, um, to present it as the Proc Space with the prox space. <laughs> uh, and you did it in uh, in Oslo in a pub in a like live music club. Yeah. Uh, what what was your experience at Agneta?
3: I mean it's it's a very strange feeling. I mean obviously we're not the the Madis aren't the best band at the digital stuff. We are slightly dinosaurs. We are we tend to enjoy <laughs> doing old school things. But trying to do a gig like that, it's a very strange feeling to be playing to an empty room. You know? Yeah. It it took a couple of songs because I feel like when you're singing, you are speaking to people. And who are you going to speak to? There's the sound guy and the producer and nobody else. So it took a couple of songs to kind of get into it. But I think it's a good substitute. It's not the same. It doesn't give me the same thing as a live gig does, but it's a fantastic opportunity for people who live on other continents, for instance, or in the situation where we are now. Um, For us, we've talked about doing more live streams, but we're writing a new album, so we kind of prioritise that. But there's also this idea that there has to be a certain quality to the streams, Mm -hmm. audio and video wise i've seen some live streams here and there which i thought this is not a good idea i mean obviously you can see the band but it sounds horrible no matter how well the band is playing it, this this is not i wouldn't put this out you know yeah and since we're we're not the, we're the kind of people who have have proper jobs and <laughs> huge amounts of debt so which means that we we kind of would rather than wait and get an opportunity to do things well. But I've been live streaming loads of stuff with all my silly projects up here, sort of locally live streaming. And that's fun. That's <laughs> more for my dad to sit and watch a couple of doors <laughs> down, you know?
0: All right. And, uh, and a third approach to, to live streaming, we had a very good example with uh, Elo, the new Instasis EP uh, that we were also super proud to present at the first Proxspace Online Festival, and uh, that was obviously pre-recorded. And um, yeah, we we put it together our uh, our own very own van, put it together the whole live stream. And yeah, how how was your experience with it, Andy? I, I know you you put a lot of work into it.
7: <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Thanks again for like putting us all together giving us the opportunity to do that like for smaller level bands and everything uh doing it was super stressful um because for us we're kind of still at the level where we're working jobs regularly you know like five days a week and stuff uh so finding the time to put all of that together in a quality way was really really tough especially because we're all split really far apart across the uk like most of us are up in Scotland, the rest down in england so figuring out the best and most quality way of doing that was super difficult but kind of really happy with how it came out um in terms of like doing more things in the future it would be good to yeah like keep expanding on that because you can't do the same thing over and over you know
0: So uh, how was the 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 feedback for you because i know um you 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 <laughs> despite being still a new band an up, up and coming band um you you've managed to uh, gather a, a really rabid online following, and um, it it showed definitely during the live chat during yeah. the, the streaming premiere. So how how would how was the feedback for you for you guys?
7: It was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Like because you know like we haven't really done that much, so anytime that we're getting that sort of feedback, it's like really positive, uh, like overwhelmingly positive. It's just still trying to figure out how to process that kind of stuff, you know.
0: Ross you're a kind of a veteran uh, compared to Andy with uh, 10 years of more than 10 years with Haken uh, on the road already obviously and also a couple years with novena but of, of course you you've uh, toured uh, with with Haken extensively in the last years and um, you also been part of a couple of these pre-recorded live streams with um, mostly w- with Novena, um, on the Prog Report from Home, on the TechFest from Home. And there's going to be an amazing surprise at the Prog Space Online Festival Holiday Edition, which will have happened when this episode <laughs> will come out on Monday after. Um so um, yeah, how how is what do you think about live streams and and what are your experiences that you did this year, and
4: what, what are you what are your thoughts about it? I mean, for Haken, it was super difficult because um, we're an international uh, band; we have members across the Atlantic, so it's impossible for us to really get together and uh, in one space and do something like that. And um, yeah, for Haken, I don't think we were. Prepared to do a split screen thing from different houses, so I mean that that was put on the side. But we were um, Charlie and I were able to record an acoustic cover of the Queen song uh, for the program from home. And I think at that time, um, the, uh, the the lockdown was in its infancy, and we were raising money for charities and frontline workers. Um, so it was a really important thing. Uh, what concerned me as time went on, though, a lot of people were doing these kind of streams for free and yes the charities are fantastic and i will always support them but obviously musicians <laughs> need to make a living as well mm-hmm. so um i mean yeah i, I think the the up and coming festival that we're doing again i've i've done a couple of tracks um for this and for free for the you know the, the kindness of our hearts and uh, but i think december will bookend that kind of uh, mentality i think and um yes patreon is where it's at and ticketed streaming i think for the near future i think that's where it has to be um and um obviously quality control was mentioned and i i think that's really important as well i've, I've looked at uh, leproses and tesseracts recent live streams and there are huge budgets have gone into that. And if you can afford it, great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's a fine line of you know if you're charging people to watch these things and then uh, you want to give you want to give enough back um for that experience I think. So so yeah it's it's been a um a thing that's it's been on my mind a lot and uh luckily for me I've had a couple of records to release so i haven't had to be too involved in live streams and um, time being but
0: yeah that, that was yeah.
4: actually uh i remember when like
0: you 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 said the lockdown was in its infancy when when the prog report from home uh, for example started and all, all this um at the beginning of the year march april may and i think well i can only speak for myself but us to still be in this situation or again be in this situation back then i i wasn't sure what to expect later this year and um and uh, one important thing also is that, that i think both randy and i we we talked about it uh, here on the show and 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 also personally that uh, just what you said to to think about yeah that musicians can't and won't sh- and shouldn't do it for free for too long in order to not uh, give the audience a um, like the audience they, they, or the people uh, listening to, to streaming the, the live streams, they, they get used to uh, to it being for free so quickly. So we did have that, um, that concern uh, back then as well. and um, yeah, Randy.
1: I just wanted to say, um, I, the w- one live uh, streaming experience that I thought was interesting this year was what Catatonia did, because um, if I remember correctly, we paid to watch the live stream from Catatonia. Dario, you and I watched this together, I think. Yeah. And I recall we p- we paid like ten euros to watch it, and then they released an album of it, which I thought was a, which was an interesting. I don't know what what you what you guys all think of that, but. Um, Um, that, that, that was like two revenue streams that they got from, from one live event. And, and I thought that was like great as a fan too, that you could watch like an exclusive live thing that not everybody could see for free. And then you could also buy an LP of it, like a vinyl version of that, of that later. Um, Um, so of course the quality was important, right? They had to record it great. They did it in a studio. So, I mean, that helps, um, Camera-wise, uh, as the camera guy here, I maybe I will retain my thoughts about that. But um, yeah, I think I think this is a, an interesting idea for 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 artists to to be able to sell this in multiple markets in a way.
0: Yeah, I you mean, see- uh, we we had we had uh, Jonas on the podcast as well, and he said it was born like the the um, the release of the album as it is, was born out of demand because people were asking them, the fans were asking for them to release it as a, as an album. And they said, ah, okay. okay,
4: we have the recordings. We can do that. No problem. Uh, yeah. It's interesting to see how it's going to continue. Um, I think, you know, if, if we are open, uh, able to open up venues and, and tour again, that I still think that hybrid shows are, are going to be a thing. Um, I believe so. So people will, come to the shows but also have the opportunity to buy tickets online i think it's going to be no- the norm mm-hmm. going forward we'll see
7: i think it should be like the one good thing that's come out of all of this is that i think it's given the chance like for me is more of like a fan perspective it's kind of like shaking up how these kind of things can be done like in the industry and like adjusting like the the really setting like a standard for how they should be done with like the lepros streams and the tesseract one yesterday which was unreal I you still know still have
0: to watch that i can't wait <laughs> um simon you are you're um, not only in the prog world uh, at home as a musician you're also a session guy from, for many different artists um did did you have any any bigger live streams like bigger than we in the
5: prog world are known to you know no i haven't done ed- Well, i did the shining live stream and oh, I yeah, did like I did yeah I, I did like the tech stuff for like the image, and I also did they had a live stream and gig yesterday as well, which I also did so I, I don't think I've done any like super big like uh, commercialized things, but I've definitely done a lot of smaller like local live streams that has been making myself or doing so I can survive. <laughs> so basically been doing so a lot of like live stream tech stuff this year as well. And speaking of the uh, like the shining live stream because we filmed and multitracked the entire thing and I have actually edited the DVD or the Blu-ray release of it as well. So there's coming a Blu-ray release I think like April next year or something.
1: Okay. Mm.
5: But that was intense. We did it in like the like a, what is it called? Heavy water plant. Is that what is it called in English? A heavy water plant from like the Second World War, and it was just insane. <laughs> it was like that plant when the Norwegian like uh, the Norwegian forces like bombed it. That was kind of like what broke World War Two. Like it was kind of one of those things that like really screwed up the Germans' plans.
1: So, Agneta, um maybe you guys still have the tracks from your live stream. The fans are waiting for the live release. <laughs> yes. well,
3: we do. <laughs> I mean, we're sitting on, on shitloads of uh, live material. I mean, both from the anniversary gig we did in 2019 uh, with full camera production and audio. But we also have the files from the live stream. But... <laughs> Again, I think this idea of the quality thing is what is hindering us the most, I think, because if we would want to release it, it would have to be a version that we had mixed properly and done something with. And at the moment, we're kind of a lot more interested in finishing new songs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And since, I mean, that's the good thing about not... Earning a living as a musician, I guess. I mean, I would prefer that, but the good thing about not being dependent on music for my income means that I can choose to do what I find most interesting. I see that releasing the live streams and those kind of things would be a lot smarter revenue-wise and would perhaps be a good idea like that, but it wouldn't matter that much, pun intended, (laughs) to (laughs) us. So we're kind of th- at the moment just mm-hmm. our heads are in the new album, so we're gonna do that before we do anything else I think
0: Art- artistically, it's not not something that you your souls would pour into that right now your artistic souls no. that you want to I mean, get out there
3: I mean I would, I would rather I would rather prioritize the sound or the releases from the anniversary gig rather than just a regular live stream. That was more just like a concert for me.
0: Yeah,
3: And I can see that it would be interesting to have, but it, it doesn't feel like something special that I would would warrant a DVD release, for instance. Yeah. shameless. If, if we get around to it, we'll just put it out in some way, I suppose. But I want to make a new album. I want to make new music. <laughs>
1: I think you have a documentary coming out, too, so...
3: (laughs) Oh, yes, there's something that may be happening next year.
1: Uh, The documentary, we should wait for that.
3: (laughs) very nice documentary with particularly good camera work, right, Rani?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope so. Um, I also have a very unpopular opinion about live streams that I'd like to share. Yes, please. Yeah, and that is live streams that have been pre-recorded edited mixed and fixed and then they portray it as a live concert i just hate it it's i mean i have nothing against doing a pre-recorded live stream and saying hey this is pre-recorded we're premiering it live that's super cool but i was watching the August Burns Red live stream yesterday and it's just like i'm just sitting there the entire time this is too good to be live like 100% live it's too perfect there's not like a single snare and kick flam during the entire like set and i know that drummer doesn't play yeah, i mean he plays really good but it's <laughs> like no no one plays that tight and it's just like being portrayed as a live gig like we're doing this live but there's no evidence of it being actually live and it's mm-hmm. super super annoying i hate it
7: it's just it's a weird perspective because like, as like the artist side, you know, you want to have that quality to a certain level, and it's really difficult sometimes to let those like cracks slip through. Yeah. Um. But then, like, as the as the fan, you know, yeah, you can like pick them out easily if it's just been like overproduced, and it's a bit of a shame. And yeah, it's, it's really weird with all with everything being like tagged as like a live stream now as well. You can,
6: yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like. Uh, one of the, one of the reasons why I keep my live stri- most of my live streams exclusive to my patrons is because I'm always taking a new risk. So there's so there's always something or multiple things in the set that I am absolutely bricking myself about yeah. performing. But that's, and I, that's, and I'm, that's the I'm beauty of it, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely, abso- yeah. absolutely, Um And that's you know that's what makes it special. That's what makes it yeah. the first time unique thing but uh no knowing that uh like basically my closest circle of followers they're the only ones that are going to see it they they're supporting what i'm doing because they they love it for whatever reason they love it um and they and then they're not they're not out to criticize it they're not out to um kind of cast shadow on anything um they're going to be kind um, so so i can take these risks of them um, but yeah like to, to pre-record it, I I don't really see the point in that because uh, where's the fun? <laughs> hey,
2: I want to say something.
0: Yes, I'm, please.
2: I'm, I'm unmuted. That's good. So um, I agree with Joe about uh, how this like the the live feeling of the the streams that you you are like terrified of playing some stuff because maybe you're not quite as fluent with it or something. It shows this certain vulnerability, which I think people appreciate a lot, yeah because if you keep watching the polished performances every time, it gets really stale really quick um, that's what
6: that's what studio recordings are for yeah
2: <laughs> well see the thing is i uh sometimes I like if there's a tour of an event that I really love, I go to see a few dates, uh, not very often, but that happens. And uh, if everything, most of the time with really professional bands, it's exactly the same show you see every night. So you kind of stop seeing the reason. Um, and. One of the first live streams, live streams that I've watched actually in this whole Corona thing was uh, the festival and the Isla performance because I'm friends with Michael, um, and I didn't like I didn't register that it was uh, pre-recorded. I was like, okay, I wonder how they're gonna do this, like a bunch of bands doing live streams in a festival, and then I saw Andy on a chat on YouTube typing something, and I was <laughs> like, okay, that's not right.
7: Yeah, it kind of broke the illusion a little yeah. bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's fun though.
7: Yeah, so, so,
0: so I guess that we did we didn't uh, do our job properly
7: advertising this as not live stream.
2: I just don't read well, so <laughs> okay.
7: I think that's a like something that a lot of people have been thinking throughout the year. Um, because I saw Kairos were doing their uh, live stream things, and they did I don't even know how many, like at least six or seven. And every time there was always people in the chat like, "Whoa, how are you doing this? Like, you live in completely different locations. How are you? How's your internet speed so fast yeah. that you can do this?"
0: Yeah, but but Is- that was that was also one of the one of the best examples of like making a virtual tour with with a, a home budget, so to speak. Um, the other, the only other uh, tour, virtual tour that comes to mind that I really that I followed a bit, I uh, was enslaved and they have, of course, they have a bigger budget. They were sponsored by Summer Breeze and some of the uh, road burn, some of the biggest festivals and did some, some really, also some thematically different live streams playing different stuff. But that that's also what Kairos did. And that was, that was just a lot of fun every, every single time with, with the different, with the old stuff, with the new stuff, with covers and, and everything. It's, it's a great way to to keep your your audience engaged, but then again we we're, we're, we're coming back to what Ross said. Um, it's also becoming the the the, the um, yeah, the it, it could become quickly that people are so used to getting their live streams for free that um, there's no way to for the bands who did it for so long for free. To start asking for for tickets for for money, for X's, um, that could be the danger that then uh, people are gonna say they were doing it for free until now. Why why are they asking for money
7: now? That is. I think that would probably risk. just be a minority. So really, maybe like a vocal minority, because you know people people want to support. You know.
6: <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's actually really amazing how many people do just uh, like it because I think we kind of make the assumption that uh, there's a perceived value for anything that's on the internet as being worthless and free, but actually there's a lot of people out there that that really do understand the value of music and the and and see what we're doing as something that they if 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 they didn't have it, if they didn't have um music in their lives, then you know it, their lives would be so much worse off for it so they do so they do they do know like that they need to just do their their little bit to support individual artists in just enough and that, and and they they only have to do it in a small way, but it all adds up and and there are there there's hundreds, thousands of people out there who really get it um and you know those those people we we just have to do as much as we can to make sure that we uh thank them properly for it make like make sure that uh, they know that we're not taking them for granted because you know without them we can't do what we do um, and uh, I guess they get as much out of it as we do it's it's a it's a really nice fair exchange but there, there, there are people that understand there are people that get it i think
1: so yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to add i i, I suspect it is different for different genres as well i mean i mm. certainly for the prog scene i feel like it, it's more like this sort of family thing where everybody sort of tries to support each other and stuff so you know for fans of Prague who are already on a kind of a fringe genre paying for stuff is maybe not as big of a deal also because we're more like metal fans are more likely to pay for merch or buy things because they want to own something that the band made versus other genres i mean i don't know that but i just assume that it might be harder for other genres to get people to pay for streams like pop and maybe country and stuff like this
5: yeah and you all, know... all all uh, prog fans are software engineers and have shit tons of money so <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, you know, I teach
3: in lower secondary school, right? And the kids, there, they don't have no idea who plays the music they listen to, right? They don't care who's the artist. They just, most of them just generally refer to playlists. And no. don't, they have no, like, conscience relationship to who actually made the music they're listening to. It doesn't matter to them. It's just I, a song on a list. And yeah. that's why it's nice to be playing metal or prog. <laughs>
5: I've <laughs> been I've been doing uh, like substitute uh, teaching in like the the cultural school cultural school yeah, yeah. Uh, and whenever I ask like drum uh, like kids like yeah who's your favorite artist they were like I don't know
3: exactly right do you have
5: a favorite song I don't know okay so what music do you listen to I don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you here? You're here because you're here because you want to play music. That's why you are you're you want to play drums because you want to play music. And I remember when I was a kid, it was like, if someone asked me who is your favorite band, I would go, KISS. They're the best band in the entire world. There's no other band than KISS. You know? And it's just like, no, I, I asked like in one week I asked 30 kids. If they had a favorite band, and none of them said yes, none of them knew what they want they were listening to. So it's it's uh, well, younger generations these days, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> the younger genera- generation it's <laughs> becoming an old grumpy man.
1: I uh, I was actually just talking to a family friend because I was showing their son um, the guitar, you know, and I was like giving him some, some like distortion, you know, and like, because he can't play yet. So I thought, but, you know, if you're young and you just hear like, wow, I can create this like crazy noisy sound and I could tell like it, it like, it, it like made something in his mind like, Oh wow, I'm making this. Like I made fire. You know what I mean? Like when you hear this <laughs> sound for the first time, but then I thought, but if they, if they, if they don't really listen to rock at home, if they listen to more pop driven stuff, they, he may never have the urge like, like we did to like, I got to play that riff. I got to learn that song, you know, because that band means something to me. Like, I feel like if you don't come up in, in maybe the rock genre in general where there's like something simple like drums or guitar or bass that you can kind of follow. It might be harder to connect to an instrument because you don't, you know, you, it's like mimicking your your your, your idols yeah, in a way. Yeah. So
2: This reminded me, I once took my nephew uh, to have a drum lesson. He was six at the time and he was asking me for years to learn to play drums. So I found him a teacher, and I took him to the lesson. And uh, so he really wanted to just bang on the proper kid, but he was like given like this little one to practice. Yeah, because he really was excited to be making a lot of noise. And then when we left, I asked him if he wanted to do that again. And he was like, well, yes, if it's not going to be that hard. (laughs) So I was explaining to six years old this concept that you need to work really hard to be good at something. And yeah, it was. Mm
1: -hmm. That actually, (laughs) that was actually the question of the, of the family in a way was like, is guitar something that you can learn and quickly get results? And I think maybe compared to like violin. Yeah. You know, it's a little Mm -hmm. bit easier than like picking up that kind of instrument. But um, I felt like if you have songs to learn, if you know that you like this riff or that riff, then you always can be at least striving for that. Whereas like piano lessons or something can, I think can become more mundane if you're a young person and you just have to learn like how you're supposed to learn with guitar it was always like well i want to play this nirvana song or that green day
5: song or and yeah i agree the, the first thing i ever learned was the intro of love again by kiss <laughs> yeah i just i just had to learn it
6: I think I come from a completely different world to the rest of you <laughs> because when I, when I was growing up I, I had so I had piano lessons I was like classically trained on the piano um, but I like that because it was quite mathematical um, it's more about it's more about reading music but not necessarily really about understanding it uh, but then from a popular culture side of things um, where, whereas you guys were going that's my favourite guitar riff I'm going to learn that I was going oh that's my favourite dance routine I'm going to learn that. <laughs> So I was like busy doing the Macarena or something, you know. <laughs> anyway,
7: I hope that's on your live streams.
6: <laughs> well, if it gets
4: requested, then it will be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've all done the Macarena at some point. No, no reason to feel embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> if you
1: if you've been to a wedding, then. <laughs>
6: okay. Well, if we're ever backstage together, it's happening. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, the, the the um song that I learned on bass first was "Money" from Pink Floyd. So it was that was a bass S- seven bass four seven four time. Nice that that I always wanted to, yeah, that, that I need to figure out when I got my first bass. And I was uh, also trained classically on the cello before, like when I was growing up, was mostly listening to classical music. So Pink Floyd was my gateway drug into this um, pit hole of. Prague. Yeah, speaking of the prog year twenty twenty, um there was so many amazing releases. Um it was ridiculous and I have a huge list, but we're so many people and we um we can't unfortunately give all our top fifty or something because that would uh take us until next week or something. Um so, yeah, I, I asked you beforehand to, to think of one favorite release of this year. And it doesn't necessarily have to be Prague. And I know Agnete will have to leave us shortly, but that's why I will start with you. Um, what was your favorite release in 2020?
3: I mean, the trouble with me is I listen very little to music at all, you know. So I figured I was thinking about it yesterday and I figured I just mentioned the last album I actually bought. I recently just got in the mail uh, the vinyl of the new Matterhorn album. So I want to plug my fellow countrymen. It's a really, really cool album as well. So it's going to be under the tree for some other people I know as well. <laughs> so that's a really, really cool release that everybody should check out. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. You, you just uh, sneak out when you when you have to get going uh, with was great to have you on the anniversary episode and uh, i'll, I'll go sh-
3: record I'll, i'm recording the next uh, some contributions for the next autumn tease album so that's why i have to leave
0: <laughs> yeah that's great and 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 uh, you have as you just said you, you you will you will have um some releases coming up in 2021 so yeah. I'm sure we'll see you again in this theatre here. <laughs>
3: Thank you so much for having me and really nice to meet everybody else as well. Have a good day.
0: <laughs> Take care. Bye, Nathan.
3: Bye.
0: <laughs> so who wants to go next with their favourite release of 2020? Any volunteers?
8: <laughs> hmm. well, i we're doing can,
4: volunteers now. <laughs> I will highly, 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 highly recommend uh, Jacob Collier to so anyone who's not familiar with His work. He released. um, He's been making um, a four-part concept uh, under the banner Jess, the Jesse uh, D J E W S -S E volumes one to four. He released um, volume three this year. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, It's not necessarily prog, but uh, all I mean, any prog prog musician um, will appreciate the the kind of expertise that goes into the production. Um, but it's uh, he, he's actually um, sort of the uh, from the like Quincy Jones alumni. So he's kind of been, gone through the ranks f- that through that direction. So he's, he's got very much um, influences from that side of things, the pop, soul, uh, Michael Jackson side of things. But it's just phenomenal. It's just so intricate. And um, if you follow him, he often kind of goes through his logic um, projects and shows you all the different elements that go into his tracks and And it's just thousands of things and it's just absolutely (laughs) insane Uh, but the music's really catchy and he's like pitch perfect and yeah phenomenal records those um if you haven't heard them so that was one of my favorites from this year for sure
0: um, Colin, let's let's uh, take you into the conversation. You you didn't say anything about the live streams and anything. So uh, now now's your chance. Well,
8: not like I really partake in much in doing live streams or anything like that. Just I don't know, helping out whatever I could with the prog space uh, releases and I don't know my band. Like we have just been I don't know, like because the pandemic has pretty much started right when we released our first album so and it was just the timing like we even had shows organized to get this album properly like to you know kind of promote it and have cds and everything but then everything just kind of canceled on us so we had to do everything digitally and surprisingly it did pretty well not gonna lie i mean like for a you know starting upcoming band and whatnot literally just kind of fell the blue or whatever i guess but um, yeah, I guess I can't complain too much in that aspect, but yeah, live streaming, I we, we just we're just kind of like the band at this point where we just want to keep writing music and try to get more releases out. like we have potentially two new releases that we may get out next year or something like that. So it's like I think if we can just get more music out, then that, that's as much as we think we can do for the people, if that's what they want, I guess. If they don't, well, that's too bad, we're, we're listening anyways. So we, that's what we want to do. <laughs> All
0: right, so what, what was, I know you you listen to even more music than I do, so what is your <laughs> top one album of the year? I think I know it.
8: Yeah, this one is, um, I feel like it's a, kind of like an unpopular one that, uh, like, well, I wouldn't say unpopular, it's, it's so, somewhat getting some attention, but an unpopular choice, I would say. But it, even for me, it wasn't one that I expected to uh, fully grasp as generally I've been like falling for a lot of more like avant-garde, black and death metal stuff and like prog death and whatnot. Uh, well, this one kind of falls under the label of prog death, but it's um, Alec by Ertunum. Um They're actually fellow Canadians and I wasn't even familiar of uh, the band until hearing about them recently saying they had a new album and uh, you know, just the style of uh product death uh, wasn't really something that first grasped me. So my first impression was thinking, Oh, this might be, you know, one of those like, you know, decent average m- mellow death albums or whatever. And after getting into the first few songs, I was just kind of like, wow, there's something about this is like really grabbing me. And I wasn't sure what it was. I guess it was just uh, the way that they really added in, um, like the production was uh, spot on. It was uh, done by uh, Christian Dawson of the grid. who's like a guitarist of cryptopsy. He's like one of the big uh, metal names in production in uh, Montreal. And you uh, you know like he's worked with like beyond creation and uh, all that stuff. So, but um, yeah, thinking about that production style that was done for a melodic death metal band, the prog death band, uh, just crystal clear production. It sounded really heavy. The, crunchy guitars and stuff, you know, the type of stuff that, you know, that made me fall in love, say, with, like, bands like Persephone, for example. Like, they have that, you know, heavy sound in the melodic death area. And that's what grabs me sometimes with, like, uh, those types of bands that they're able to balance, you know, those heavy raw death metal riffs with the catchiness of melodic death metal. And that was something that really grabbed me, just, like, you know, catchy choruses, uh, great riffs, great drumming, just, like, they – blended everything so well that it grabbed it just in every aspect that just made me realize it's just like i could probably say this is a perfect album pretty much and just like yeah like every time i revisit it i'm like questioning is this my favorite it's like yeah i think it is (laughs) i've had some albums where i listen just like damn this is a really good album but i haven't particularly had anything top this one for this year I don't think <laughs> so that's they also, my choice
0: they, they also have some some guest appearances there most notably from Kobe Farhi from Orphan o- 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 Land right
8: that is true yeah it's kind of funny enough that I've never even listened to Orphan Land yet and you would think for this band <laughs> this one of this band's like biggest influences that I would imagine as they got the guy from the <laughs> to play on their album yeah. so and since this was like my favorite album of the year I don't know how or why I never give him the chance yet. I guess just my mind is so focused on so many things. I just kind of, you know, lose track of these kind of things, I guess. <laughs> you,
0: you got homework to do, buddy.
8: <laughs> <laughs> As if I already don't.
0: That's <laughs> well, true. Um, Joe, what about you? I think you you're coming a, a little bit less from the prog angle than than most of us. Um, so uh, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be interesting. What, what what kind of music you you are gonna recommend <laughs> to us?
6: Okay, so so I am gonna pick something that has uh it has appeared a lot within the uh, prog critics' choices for the year anyway. Um, so hopefully other people agree with me on this too. Uh, now I'm I'm a little bit biased because this person has become a very very good friend of mine, and uh, she was supposed to be supporting me on my tour this year, um, if it all happened. We managed to do one date together. So, Um, but yeah, so Miss Amy Burks and her album All That I Am and All That I Was. uh, I just love this album. Um, I think she has such a rare quality, um, particularly with regards to her voice, because I, I feel that there's quite a... It's quite a, a common theme that we get with most progressive rock singers, which is there's a tendency to sing everything in a very kind of like straight way. Um, and I guess that the reason for that is because we like produce music that has a lot of detail going on. And so if we if we start kind of overexpressing, then it, it's all just too cluttered. So may, maybe that's why, maybe we do it to um, kind of, just help everything fit together in in a complementary way so Amy has this really really expressive voice um, and I know she gets compared to Kate Bush a lot but really I, I think um, Amy Amy is a whole different entity within herself um, and uh, yeah like her songs. She writes very catchy songs, which again is like something that I don't come across that often in, in progressive rock music. Um, and like there's there's one song in particular that I I can't listen to it without crying. I have to have a little cry because it moves me so much. And it, I, I guess it's like it's one of those songs where it's, it feels so simple that you can't believe you didn't write it yourself because it's just it's just like why didn't i think of that it's so obvious but it's it's so moving and it cuts straight through all your sensibilities i just like i'm just so moved by it and that song's called unlike the heart so um if you if you don't have time to listen to the whole album skip to that song unlike the heart and i promise you it's going to move you as much as it moves me I, so, will,
0: yeah. I will definitely check out the whole album because, I mean, I know a little bit of her voice already because she's featured on your album as well, right? On the song Love Not The Same. <laughs> I told you I was biased. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfectly all right. Because what I've heard of her on that song sounds really amazing. So I'm really looking forward to checking that out. Who's next?
5: Simon? go for it all right well since i don't really listen to prog that much like in general i think like one of the only like suit like full-on albums i've listened to this year is uh virus (laughs) so i think that's probably the only one i've listened to in its entirety because usually i like the the thing when you're you, when you're a full time musician, is that whenever I listen to music, it's always for a reason. Almost, it's like, and I don't have that much time to just listen to music because whenever I do it, it's like for learning a song, learning to like learning for a gig, for a recording. Uh, we recently had to learn my my Ray carries All I want for Christmas is you. I wonder why. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) You know? So so there's a lot of stuff like that going in. There's so many... A lot of artists that I played on and with this year have a lot of stuff coming out for 2021. Um, And a lot of the stuff that I have done, which I really like, and I put a lot of energy into, haven't been released yet. So it's kind of hard to... But I want to say, all, uh, Wes, from... Uh, I, I never know how to say that name. kill. Yeah. That Freakil. EP is fucking ridiculous. It's I didn't
0: so... I didn't even know that he has a, a new EP oh. out. And, and, and actually, Colin alerted me (laughs) a couple of days after it dropped that we we had missed it with our releases of the week um it's so good i listened
5: he gave it to me a couple of of, uh months back so i've been listening to that for quite some time and it's it's ridiculous i listened to it uh,
0: yesterday and i was like holy (laughs) shit yeah i know i i I saw him at euroblast last year um
5: so Pretty yeah, crazy. That, guy. Uh, that album is really good as well. Uh, or it's an EP though. And the mm-hmm. the thing that he the, the thing that I think is really cool about it, and I talked with Wes a lot about this, is that he wanted to do everything him for himself. It was like he wanted he didn't want to hire anyone to do the drums. He wanted to program them himself. He programmed the bass. He did everything himself except the mixing and mastering. And he was just like, I just want this to be the craziest creative outlet for me ever. Even, uh, even though
0: the guys he usually plays with uh, together, Lang Zhao and... Yas uh, um, Nakamura, uh, hey, Yas Nomura. Yas Nomura yeah. they, are, they are crazy as well. And they have they, 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 they put out one of my favorite albums of the previous year,
5: uh, The yeah. Resonance Project. So good. That one is so good as well. So And the, the cool thing that Wes told me is like, I will never perform this music live because it's impossible to play live. It's like <laughs> what one section of it, and it's not like necessarily technical impossible, but it's like one section, he has a guitar that's in like uh, this tuning and in the verse, the guitar just changes completely tuning and it's co- like, it's, it would be impossible to do it live <laughs> unless you have a lot of different musicians with instruments and stuff. So yeah. And it's the cool thing, yeah. The, and the cool thing about it is, it's EP, It's an EP, which is like, a, like a con- continuous song. It's like twenty minutes of one song, which has like different parts. And I, I just really like it. It's so cool.
0: I w- I will definitely listen to it again.
5: Yeah. So for 2020, my top ones would be Virus and uh, Wes Wes's
4: wizards. Wes's, Wes's, I EP. didn't pay him to say virus. By the way, for <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay,
5: okay. laughs> the record.
4: But yeah, we, we took Wes out on the roads in when we toured the US um, when they were called Mammoth. Yeah. And yeah, we we were blown away by those guys and have been kind of keeping keeping on track of what they're releasing. So yeah, he's one of the one of the best guitarists out there at the moment. I would say he, he is ridiculous. He is
5: so good. Just like the solo he did for the uh, the Christmas song we're doing, it, it, I just just sent it. To him. Just full, of,
4: full of teasers here. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I
5: I, I, I sent it to him, and it was like one hour later, he just came. He had sent me everything back, and it was like, "Here you go, here's my solo, mm-hmm. done." It's it's just like <laughs> you moron. It's it's just too good.
0: <laughs> All right, Mariana, how about you?
2: God, I don't know how you guys managed to speak so much about music. (laughs) It's it's like writing an entire review in just like one answer about your favorite album. I can't do that. Um, This year was really intense because, well, I managed to move countries amidst like this entire thing uh, going on and we recorded the EP and I... Released the solo album, so I didn't really have that much headspace to listen to music really. Cause it's it's hard for me to be taking in the new things unless I really do have the you know emotional capacity to fully embrace it. Um so I think this one release really grasped my attention. Uh it's also on k It's uh the release by Jonathan Houlton. Uh he used to be in the band Tribulation, and he released this. Beautiful kind of acoustic folk sort of album, uh, uh, Chance from Another Place, I think it's called. And it is indeed, it's it's a very appropriate title for an album like that because it's very out of this world. It's like captivating and very ethereal and his voice is really beautiful and songwriting is really just, just so dreamy and nice. Yeah, so I think this one would be my choice. I mean, obviously Lunatic Cell was great, but I already told Prog <laughs> Mag about that. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, cool. uh, it's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful album.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm aware of the album, but I didn't have the time to check it out yet.
2: It's cute, it's so wonderful. It's not Prog at all, but it's just so <laughs> nice and dreamy and it's like this... Mysterious, beautiful hug. I don't know.
4: <laughs> this is the thing with prog musicians. Most of us don't listen to prog.
2: <laughs> I mean,
4: me. you might be surprised to hear He's that.
2: Sending and me to you know this female vocalist <laughs> in heavy bands and like, hey, you're gonna like that. And I'm like, well, I mean, I do like female vocalists, but I don't necessarily listen to proggy prog prog.
5: Proge, proge, pro I've been listening to a lot of. Oh, have you guys heard about Gogo Go Penguin?
2: Oh God, yes. 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 They're Ridiculous. so
0: good.
5: So cool. oh my God, how
0: good they are!
2: There, there was
0: some someone on, on on the broadcast who picked them in the "What's in Your Walkman" section, but I can't remember who it was. I mean, there, w- we had a lot of people on the broadcast during the last month, so.
5: <laughs> it's so
7: good. So, someone Penguin.
5: recommended
0: GoGo Penguin. Yeah, Go-Go What Penguin. would be your recommendation,
7: Andy? Uh yeah, my album of the year was uh Selects the Dreams by Kairos. Um it's it's prog, it's prog rock, but it's also got this massive like it is pop influence. Uh the whole thing is like ridiculously well produced, it's full of hooks. Um it's great it's great not only did they make my favorite album of the year but they also put out an ep mm. like two weeks ago so yeah they've just kind of like dominated my listening for this year to be <laughs> honest um yes alexa dreams is easily in my top five as well yeah no it's it's no ridiculous um I don't really listen to prog <laughs> a lot right now
8: it's mostly just like only so I'm the only prog musician here who listens to prog. I just out.
7: <laughs> Randy, what about you?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I decided to let Apple Music do my picking uh, because I discovered that they also have this end of year thing like Spotify. But you have to like go to a website. It's like complicated. And uh, for for such a user friendly iOS, they make that thing difficult. And And I went to it today because I knew I had three albums that I was sure those were the ones I listened to the most um but then i wanted to see what the the, what science told us you know like what i really listened to the most and i'll say i'll say the three because um for present company virus was one (laughs) uh the the new pain of salvation album panther and but then the one that i had apparently listened to by just a little bit more was the protest the hero palimpsest album which um i don't know if there's any protest fans i think they're Not always in the prog genre, like maybe more like punk rock and coming from that direction. Um, A Canadian band from Toronto, uh, doing some very yeah fast, yeah melodic, yeah crazy, yeah. I I call it progressive music. Do you guys know Protest the Hero here? Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay. So I would also consider them
0: proggy, even though I'm not not that much into them. Is it like, yeah, it's something too too upbeat for me.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, the new record is is really, really great. And yeah, it spoke to me, I guess, on a few different levels, including like the artwork, which has this sort of American bull, like the Wall Street bull, I guess, like running and with a ripped up, I mean, it's like a lot of uh, allegory, I guess, for the US at the moment, which is kind of funny because they're a Canadian band, but I guess they feel the pressure from the U S and, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think Rhodey's vocal performance is like one of the best of his career. And I know that it was like a really hard, uh, recording cycle for him because he had some medical issues with his voice and they weren't sure if they were going to be able to finish and stuff. And in the end, I mean, he pushes his vocals in like a, a new direction, I think. And, yeah, I mean the dual guitars from from Luke uh, and uh, I'm blanking on uh, the second guitar player's name. Um, thanks, can, team. can, can help um, you there. <laughs> yeah, uh, great. And the bass is always recorded by somebody other than like a full time band member. Often their producer or something. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely check it out. I, what was funny was that on the same list, I had Andrew Lloyd Webber and the new Taylor Swift. So not Prague, I guess, mm-hmm. but I did have ah. three prog albums on the top.
6: <laughs> I mean, Andrew Lloyd Webber is pretty prog. Really. That's pretty prog, right? Jesus Christ, superstar, come on. Yeah,
1: fan of the opera. <laughs>
6: <actually>. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was my pick. Yeah, yeah. Um my pick is also not prog at all but it is amazing i i can't get enough of this album it's a french artist called wood kid and the album's called s16 and um, i loved his first album like this is nine years old or so now and i had no idea that he did a um soundtrack in the in the meantime and, and I didn't really follow him because he was kind of out, of out of the prog circle. I followed him, of course. And then I, I suddenly saw the, the first single that he dropped uh, early this year. Um, and I was like, oh my God, he's, there's new stuff from him coming. And then the second single dropped and I was sold. And when the album finally came out, there was even better songs on it still. And I just can't get enough of his voice, and the production is so amazing. Amazing songs, and his his vocals are just pure amazingness. Yeah, I remember so. when
8: you told me to like uh, have that one as a to share with uh, the prog space and everything, and I was kind of like, listen to it, just like is this Prague? I don't know. Should we share this? But, but after I got to listen to the album, I, I, I did like, you know, like it did seem like something that I feel, especially newcomers of Prague would, you know, appreciate um, in this style. Like I was like hearing a bit of like leprous pitfalls orientation in their sound a little bit, but definitely still a pretty different approach, but I guess the catchy aspect as well. Um, and this, the, the sort of dark vibe that they were kind of given off just made me realize that, Um, Similarity, I guess, or that comparison. So, like, okay, you know, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let it slide. (laughs) It's good. Um, Like one thing
7: with, um, like, with people who listen to prog music is, like, you don't necessarily have to sort of obsess over albums that are considered progressive rock or progressive metal. I feel like people who listen to this kind of stuff are maybe a bit more open-minded about consuming things from anywhere and just. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessing
8: about, uh, about the new Woodkid album. So.
7: Yeah.
8: <laughs> you see, yeah. you so, think,
5: yeah. Sorry, you first, call in.
8: I was, was going to say that uh, you think that proggers would uh, generally be more open-minded but then once they get into the world of prog and then a band decides to not be prog it's like, no, no, no longer prog. I'm not a yeah. fan anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to
7: say that when you mentioned Leprous, that's the whole thing with people who listen to yeah, now, isn't yeah. it
8: now, not it? I love the new album too. I'm not going to lie.
6: I've definitely experienced two different sides with that because i like when i when I was in the Enid, which is the band I used to be in uh there was a lot of there was there was a lot of really um uh, just stuck in one mindset fans that 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 wouldn't accept anything that didn't sound like it was made before nineteen seventy nine um and 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 like to be honest with you, I found that very frustrating because being a, a young, upcoming artist, really wanted to just do my own thing and apply my own influences. So, um, any anything I did do, would be met with real scrutiny by the by those people. Not all the fans, but you know enough of them to really kind of like make you feel bad about yourself. Uh, but then, as a solo artist, I found that like I don't I don't like hear from those people anymore. <laughs> those those, neg- those negative minded people just don't don't come up. Um, so they, I guess, they if they are stuck in the past, then then uh, they're staying there. They're not looking at what's happening now. So uh, so we can get on with it.
7: <laughs> it's fine. They found someone else to complain out for a while. So you're good for now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this uh, this year, this crazy year, is coming to an end soon. Finally, uh, in some ways, as we already established a lot of times that is, this was a, an amazing year for prog music uh, or, and for great music outside of the prog world as well. Um, so looking forward to 2021, is there anything now, again, maybe focus a little bit more on the uh, music side of things, on the side of things where you know of your favorite band or anything that had already announced a release for next year, what's the thing that you're looking forward to the most for next year? Ross's solo um.
4: (laughs) album. Yeah, um, about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did spend some time on that this year and I did complete it. And at the moment I'm just... um, Building up some promotional material. I don't have a label for it yet. I'm still deciding how I'm going to put that out, um, but it's ready. It's it's not particularly prog, actually. Um, so uh, I've I've kind of come into it as a kind of as a guitarist, singer songwriter, more than a, a singer on a, in a prog band. So um, it sh- should expand the, f- the fan base somewhat. I'll give you an exclusive here, actually. Uh, Simon Sanders is the drummer on the album. Ooh, Ooh. nice. Uh, so people can look forward to that. <laughs> He's done an amazing job. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for people to hear it, but unfortunately uh, I'm going to tease people a little bit longer and hope, hopefully in like sort of the first quarter of the year I'll put it out.
0: Cool. Uh, any anything that of your uh, like of somebody else that you're aware of that's gonna put out uh, new stuff that you can't wait to hear?
4: Well, um, I was lucky enough to hear the Transatlantic album already, and it's right. absolutely incredible. And it's a mammoth of an album. Uh, so okay, yeah, I've heard it already, but that's <laughs> gonna be the, the the album. I think people are gonna be looking forward to. Uh, in the first couple of months, um, yeah, it's I'm it's, it's, re- sure. it's really business as usual, uh, but it's 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 the whirlwind like Mark II, you know. So if you, if you liked that record, yeah, you know, you're gonna you're gonna love it. I'm more a bridge across forever guy, to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, Seaman, you, what 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 are you uh, looking forward to for next year?
5: Well, Ross's solo
1: album.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone's going to be really disappointed when they <laughs> No, I,
5: it's so good. It's it's it was really really fun to record on it and it's just it's so good. And no. I think I think a lot of people are are expecting it to be uh, more country oriented than it, than it really is I think that hype is it's kind of uh, it's kind of fun but it's so good it's uh, it's really really good and well. there's a particular I, I don't not know if I'm allowed to say it but there's a particular song which is uh, a cover which is gonna be blowing people's mind
0: and it's not gonna be from Mariah
5: Carey no that's a <laughs> different story that's a different story
4: <clears throat> i'm uh, more excited the, about that actually um
5: yeah if you don't know we did the uh, ross and i and a bunch of other great prog friends did a cover of maria Carey's all i want for christmas is you for the prog space christmas festival
0: yes uh, we're super happy to have it and i'm i can't wait for the other for, for the others to see it as well. Um, what about the Archetype so album, Dude?
5: We are... Uh, I have recorded drums for the entire album. One of the songs is um, completely done. It's in mixing process now. Uh, and there are four more to go until we have like the whole album collected. So there are five new songs, and then we're going to collect like the four release singles into it. That album. I really so
0: can't wait. It's been it's been a long time in the waiting, but you you've kept us uh, happy with the bits and pieces, uh, the the singles over one and a half or two years.
5: <laughs> yeah, and I posted the uh, the recorded version of the new song, which we uh, premiered at the Prog Space as well. So it's not the final. I'll I put it in the chat here. It's not the final mix, but it's like everything recorded. And uh, it's like a demo mix from Einstein cool. for you to listen, if you want to.
7: Cool, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to you finally getting that album out. Same it's here. Be good. It's been soon three years. <laughs> yeah. it's been two
5: years. It's been two years <laughs> it, it, now. To be honest, it feels
0: nice. like I'm, I'm waiting for kind of a debut album. It's not going to be the archetype debut album, it's, but it's kind of a new band.
5: Right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's kind of weird because the first album we did, we well, we did, we made it and recorded it in four weeks. Wow. So, yeah, it was like made from a couple of demos and then we recorded it, like learned it, recorded it, and sent it to remixing in four weeks. So it's a completely different approach. <laughs> it, it is, which is why it's probably better. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I'm, I'm, I have full confidence. <laughs> so yeah, and and, in and you. the cool, the, the thing that I really, really, really enjoy about the new songs is that we have taken kind of like the unprog, uh, what do you call it? Approach to it by like I didn't, uh, I recorded all of the songs in one take. We didn't do any editing. There's been no like fixing or mixing and at that stuff. It's all like the real performance and the band members have also kind of like done their takes as much as possible in one take to kind of like keep that live energy. And when I heard like the demo bounce, I w- I was just like, I was having chills like, cause it was so cool to just hear how the band were playing together and how like, like those small mistakes kind of are more of a, like a, like your own footprint, you know, it's kind of like your own touch. And it it was so, it, it's kind of weird to say it about your own music, but it was so refreshing because I had only listened to like the quantized demo versions because when I recorded it, it was like half ass record and everything on grid and super tight and midi bass. And when I first listened to everything in its entirety and it was like this massive, just energy bomb hitting you it was just so good it was so refreshing because i mean i did my master's thesis on this subject and it's just such uh, not a lot of bands in the prog community do that it's just like
0: congratulations
5: by the way thank you
1: <laughs> yeah you're taking your dislike for not live live performances and putting it even to your recordings so
5: exactly so and and that's how it was back in the days you know yeah. When we had, when you had tape machines, it was only Metallica we could afford to quantize drums. But they spent six months on quantizing the back album. So,
0: Gavin Harrison told me on the broadcast that he was used to a recording day of recording thirty songs in one day with the BBC back in 79, 80, yeah, around. Uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, I can recommend one Prague album from a few years ago, which was all recorded totally live, which was the uh, Intronaut Direction of Last Things. Uh, definitely check that out because this, yeah, they, it's, I, th- I don't know if there are any overdubs, but all the main instruments, guitar, bass, drums
4: are recorded live. Oh, Pretty sure awesome. um, Beardfish used to record that way also. That's awesome. Uh,
0: that's, yeah. That that's that would uh, sound like Beardfish. I, I had the the opportunity to see the guys live a couple of times back then, and it was so much fun on the on the uh, road Soul tour with with Pain of Salvation, and uh, also at the Lorelei. That was good fun. Um, who who wants uh, still to say to say their, their their wishes or hopes or expectations for next year? <laughs> I
8: suppose like, potentially yeah. say something. Um, not to like self-promote or anything, but I mean, obviously, now that I mentioned it, it's like, oh, he's gonna go and say it. But um, when I talked about before that, I'm basically with Ash Brewer. We have like two records that we're aiming to have out uh, next year, and I am like, yeah, I've been pretty happy with uh, how it's come along with the uh, the first album and everything. And also mentioned when people were saying albums that were recorded live on the floor, uh, the first album by Ash Brewer was also recorded live on the floor, aside from vocals, that was done separately. But, you know, what else could you do? It can't be all perfect with that. But still, it was a fun experience. And we actually aim to continue doing that for uh, future records, except, well, we have an EP in the works that's going to be recorded separately, but our second full-length album, we're definitely aiming to to do a live on the floor uh, thing again, and it's the reason I'm very excited for it because it is a 35 minute prog death epic sludgy goodness. So, and <laughs> it's one I'm very very proud of, and I'm really excited to like when the day comes that we do eventually release it. Probably like in the summer or something. I can't say for sure yet, but uh yeah, that's just something I'm very very excited for. And going to plug in my friend's solo project, um, Anna Pest. Um, I actually did a review for her um, her album that's coming out at the very start of the ne- the new year, January first. Um, is called "Dark Arms Reach Skyward with Bone White Fingers." Pretty long <laughs> title, but it's also quite aggressive. So I wouldn't recommend it to just anyone. It, it, you have to be pretty used to extreme music to kind of understand it because it fuses elements of like progressive metal, but also like death grind, math core tech death. It just, it's a pretty chaotic record, (laughs) but it's also conceptual and flows from start to finish. And just like all, all the good things that I love about, you know, um, boundary pushing progressive extreme music so if you're into stuff like that and want to hear something like that just yeah highly recommend that's going to come out in the new year and it's going to be probably one of my favorites for sure like i'm already like yeah the new year is going to be awesome (laughs) (laughs) on january 1st at (laughs) that yeah yeah we're starting the new year right (laughs) at least i hope yes (laughs) yes
2: I've been, like, super quiet, I guess, all the time. I promise to just stay muted and and smile in the camera. Um, (laughs) So, it's, um... I might be biased, um, but uh, Gleb is making his next album. That's the piano player for I'm the Morning. And partly I am looking forward to it being released because that means that we'll be able to finally record our next album. (laughs) So... um, Yeah, but um, it's really interesting, though, because a lot of prog music is kind of, you know, music for smart people. um, Or like music for other musicians, uh, which uh, I think might be the case with Gleb's first album and probably with the next one. But whatever I've heard of it is really pretty. Um, Yeah, but other than that, I just... Oh, actually, I was really excited to hear about Ross' solo album, because... Each time uh, a vocalist from a prog band or any other band goes solo, a star is born because, I mean, most of the time, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just judging by myself, but in man- on many occasions vocalists in the bands are the ones who need everything most, so they do a lot of work. So apart from just writing and recording, they also do a lot of admin stuff and maybe some management or like merge duties. PR. So while they're doing that, other members are having their solo projects recorded. Uh while well, like or at least that was the case with me for like a few years while I was managing I'm the morning Lab was releasing solo albums. Um but it's very nice when a vocalist of a band finds his voice or her. Um, because it's just, um, if you like the band, it, it's almost a definite guarantee that you're going to like the solo project. Like, And it's almost definite that it's going to be different enough from the band to just, you know, stand on its own. So I'm very excited. I'm very much looking forward to that.
4: <laughs> That's really cool. Um, it's a lot of pressure now. <laughs> I, I mean, I was very much channeling... Uh, not necessarily um, stylistically, but just the essence of like Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins and kind of using that mentality as a springboard to what I was doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, you always you, you hear the voice first, usually as layers, isn't there, <laughs> when you listen to a band. And so there'll, there'll be an instant familiarity. Mm-hmm. It's, exciting. it's exciting to talk about it. I'm actually loving your sort of disco that's going on in your room at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kind of <laughs> these colors.
2: It got really dark really quickly here, so I had to improvise, and that's the only one. <laughs>
4: it was party
0: time. <laughs> one fun little anecdote about uh, Glab's first solo album. I actually, we actually had advertisement for it in in the Munich uh, underground uh, metro running on on the screens for Glab's solo album. I was like. Wow, that's cool. And last week I was taking the S-Bahn as well, and there I saw an advertisement for Pliny's new album. Yeah, (laughs) crazy. (laughs) Joe, how about you? What what are you looking forward to next year?
6: Um... (laughs) Okay, so I, I put my hands up and admit that I'm not—I've not been paying that much attention to <laughs> what's actually happening with other people next year. No, no worries. No <laughs> I'm worries, a little no, bit no. self-involved because I, I'm trying to make plans of my own. Um, That's all right. But there is, um, there is, a, there is an album by another artist that I know is going to be amazing because I got to feature on it a little bit, um, and that is by an artist called john holden who's like really very very unknown to um the, the kind of more mainstream prog world um but this is actually going to be his third album and i i i featured quite heavily on his first two um along with a lot of other artists he get, gets a lot of really great names involved in 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 the records that he makes um but this particular track on on the new album um that i've sung on it's a 20 minute epic and and i i'm i'm barely even on it i'm only on it for like a little for like a little part of it um but it's kind of a duet between me and peter jones from tiger moth tales wow uh, who also plays for camel as well um so so that was cool because i've i've always loved peter's voice so that was really nice to kind of Kind of do a duet, but the it, it's not just about the duet because it's just 20-minute epic. It, it It's massive. It is absolutely enormous. Oh, you're, enormous you're really distract. teasing here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be a good one. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, but, but yeah, because he's... I, I don't know. He, he kind of came out of nowhere a few years ago. Um, and uh, he's kind of connected with the prog scene mainly through... The fan bases because he's he's like a a big fan of Big Big Train, so he's like really involved with the community for that and stuff. Um, so he's kind of like managed to build up quite a lot of little connections with musicians and fans, and um, yeah, like uh, he he we we all really like him. He's a lovely, lovely guy, um, and yeah, like pe- people should check his stuff out a bit more because it's it's really got something to it.
0: Great! I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. So it's amazing, and then uh, Peter Jones, like his voice is so beautiful as well. Yeah. So that's gonna be interesting. The the two of you together.
6: <laughs> yeah, I think so.
0: <laughs> I I I really like it. <laughs> Appar apparently um, when
6: because I got his demo through first, and apparently he was gonna stick with that, and then I put then I put my vocal on it, and he insisted on doing his again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I created some competition for him, I don't know. <laughs> oh no. I've made myself go red now. Like my head's probably inflating. Anyway, never mind, stop it. I am a singer. This is what happens. Sorry.
0: Um <laughs> Ego. Woo. Andy, what's up?
7: All good. All good and <laughs> just ma- just massively entertained by Joe. Fucking cool guys. <laughs> <laughs> So you, um, you, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's maybe a bit cheesy, but like I'm just looking forward to everything going back to normal or like as close to normal as possible next year. Um, there was there was one release by a band that I think they said they were coming out, but I forgot what it was. So I'm just gonna go for. I just want to go to live shows again. I, I want to see live very, shows. Very relatable. Yeah, I want to. I want to I wanna do some live shows. Like that was our plan this year. You know, like to try and uh, do something, get on the ground running and things like that. We bought a bunch of gear and all this other stuff, had things picked and collapsed, you know. Um, so hopefully we can try to pick up on that and just get to see all my friends again. Yay! Yay. <laughs> hey. Uh
1: Randy! uh yeah, i already mentioned ross but uh I, I would say the other album that i'm really looking forward oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah, is right. um uh, between the buried and me um it's one of my favorite oh, bands yeah. and i know that they're in the <laughs> yeah, studio on, so. uh, recording right now so i'm guessing we'll have that in 2021 um so yeah that's probably on my so, yeah, my th- radar
0: all right that's, i think that's only only me left right yep <laughs> i i hope i didn't forget anyone um Yeah, there's going to be a new Need album at the beginning of the year from Greece. There's going to be a new Vola album soon, hopefully. Um, Tesseract is due since a long time.
7: Very overdue. (laughs) Um,
0: And yeah. What else? There was one, one more thing. Ah, the new Soin album, of course is also coming at the beginning of the year. So these w- these are the few from the top of my head that I know that are um supposedly come out soon and be very good because of the pri- prior merits the bands have earned and um yeah the the new new vola single slaps so hard so <laughs> if the album is uh if that's anything to go by um about the quality of the whole album then there's it's it's bound to be uh one of the best albums of next year right <laughs> um yeah i think andy uh, already said it that's uh, very very relatable on our uh, big but biggest wish for next year is that uh, we'll be able to go out again meet our friends and um play live shows, go to live shows. Um, yeah, thank you so much, uh, all, all of you, for, for taking your time and having this fun little chat. I had uh, a lot of fun. It was a little bit stressful keeping this all together, of course. Um, but I found you. it very
5: relaxing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what are you talking about,
8: Dario?
0: <laughs>
8: taking the whole time.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, have a great um, yeah holiday, Christmas time, however you are able to spend it um, and uh, have a, an amazing start uh, into the next year, 2021. I hope to see all of you back on this show whenever you guys have a new release ready. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, thank you to Randy for producing this uh, thing together with me in the background, helping me uh, since, since you've pushed me into the foreground a little bit more. <laughs> and,
4: My evil uh, plan. <laughs> yeah, um, thanks to you guys because, uh, you know, congratulations on 100 episodes and long may it continue and thank you for supporting our music and our genre and keeping it alive. We couldn't do it you without guys. you guys. Absolutely.
5: Um, thank you so much. The yeah. biggest heart, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm actually pretty overwhelmed by what we've accomplished and uh, where where this journey led us. I had no idea um, when I started this together with Randy about two years ago. so this is this is so amazing, and this wouldn't have been possible without the all these amazing artists who took their time and gave us a glimpse into their artistic work and their approach. And yeah, so a, a huge thank you to all the b- bands and artists that uh, were guests here on the broadcast. A huge thank you to you, Randy, for taking me on this journey and uh, yeah, always pushing me as a producer. Big thank you also to Rune who took over for a couple of episodes and I hope we can continue this in the next year. A huge thank you to Van and Matthias who stepped in or stepped up with the graphics once we expanded to the YouTube platform as well. And also a big thank you to all the PNR agents and managements that uh, made it possible that we had so many amazing guests on here. So. I hope I didn't forget anyone, starting off with Manuel from Head of PR, Simon for The Lost, Hannah and Matt at Hold Tight, Eli from Wild Thing, Sonia from CMM, Lulu from Incendia, Alan from Go Down Believing, Manuel at Long Branch Records, Leonie and Anne at Lunklair Blast, Sydney at AFM Records, Andy Turner at Palmer Turner Overdrive. Tisha, Jessica and Katie at Season of Mist and Kale at, uh, at uh, Gentle Out of Music. Thank you all so much for the great work uh, and the great collaboration. I'm speechless now. This is the end of the broadcast for 2020. <laughs> so yeah, we will return in 2021. Uh, stay tuned. For the broadcast in the new year. Until then, have a great start into the great new year, into a great new year. May it be as amazing in all the other departments as 2020 was amazing in the prog music department. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, anyway, I think there's only one thing left to say, and that is. Take care of your loved ones, take care of yourself as well. And don't forget to listen to great music. The Progcast is a production
1: of Stuas Media and is presented by the Prague Space. It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stango Lewis, Blake Lewis, and Dario Albrecht. Our theme music is by This Is Not an Elephant, and Van Kirsch does our graphics. New episodes of the Progcast drop every Monday and Thursday. And don't miss our Friday Top 5 episode, where we discuss our favorite new releases from that week. For more interviews and reviews in the written form, check out theprogspace.com.